Good evening and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. We're doing a special edition this evening with the international break also coming up. Uh, I'm your host, Mone, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Two games to talk about. First one coming up in the Europa League. Coming up against the standard league side who won seven of their last ten games and we ranked ten changes. I was a bit nervous when the game kicked off because I didn't know what to expect. Standard Leeds are no mugs. Yeah, I mean, also going to the game uh, with uh, Martinez in goal, Bellerin as skipper, Mustafi holding, Tierney the, making up the back five. In midfield was Ceballos, Torreira, Wallach. And up front we had Ainsley Maitland-Niles as a winger and Martinelli and Nelson spearheading the attack in a 4-3 holding formation. We, we started off very strongly and showed our intent in the game. You could see that the, the, those guys were hungry and wanted the points. Something our first 11 or, you know, our first strength squad could actually, you know, take heart from a note of. Yeah, because, I mean, look, Arsenal started at the blistering pace, um, you know, really smothering whatever uh, Liege was throwing at them. And I think after a few, after I think about two or three minutes, you could see, you know, it was almost like a kind of shock for... Uh, Stanley Edge, and all of a sudden, they just started sitting deeper and deeper. I mean, the more deeper they sat, the more our attack just started, you know, literally smothering them. And I mean, look, the breakthrough then came in the 13th minute when Kieran Tierney, you know, again, fantastic performance, cuts in, like, does an inside-out fake on the right back and whips in a, a you know, inch-perfect cross. And I mean, uh, Martinelli darts to the near post and just flicks the ball past the goalkeeper, 1-0 Arsenal. It was a very good header of his. Like he guided it very well into the into the into the net. I mean, Olivier Giroud would have been proud of a header like that. And just the way Kieran Tierney also um, made space for himself, I felt was was very good. And he's crossing, like you said, was inch perfect. Something we've been missing on that left hand side. He has that end product with that burst of pace and that combination with Reese Nelson gave Liege a lot of problems throughout the night. I mean, we had the pundit. Um... Michael Owen, uh, you know, uh, doing that um, at halftime, doing the, the talk and, and whatever breakdown of the goal alongside uh, Martin Keon. But I mean, for me, what I took out, which was like, for me, you know, it was a real big bonus to hear, especially coming from somebody like, say, Michael, Michael Owen, where he said, you know, in the lead up to the goal, Martin Daly is not darting, like showing himself first to the uh, to the defender. He was almost like just ghosting behind him. And they said, by the time that, Defender didn't know whether Martinelli is going to come left or right. That is when he took his chance. Because it's almost like he just goes first and then all of a sudden he just appears almost like out of nowhere for the defender and then darts the ball. But I mean, he said it was great striker play, man. The commentator actually mentioned like just the, the movement of, of Martinelli. The defender knew he was in trouble when he could read like Martinelli's name on his back because that means Martinelli managed to get in front of him. So... Good movement, good goal all around. And throughout the game, it seemed almost like a lot of our play went through Kieran Tierney. Yeah. Because, I mean, with his delivery, I mean, as you said, uh, you know, a few minutes before, it's almost like something we've really been longing for. We haven't seen that for a while. Because even if we think back now, down the years, the people that we've had that played uh, at left-back, even Gail Clichy wasn't like, you know, the one that's now can really give you that inch-perfect inch stuff. But, I mean, it brought almost like, Kind of the shades of Ashley Cole to the fore. I mean, I, I know people only hate hearing that name, but I mean, he was always inch perfect with his crosses. He, he seems like he's going to cause a lot of problems 
I know, like, you know, we're talking about this game, but, you know, moving on to other games in the future, I mean, he has blistering pace and, and he, his final ball is top quality. And by doing that, we can cause a lot of havoc in the box. And I mean, one minute you see him there, you know, in the attacking off, the next minute you see him against, alongside the back, you know, what's remaining on the back four. So he, he does both jobs, defense and attack, which, you know, we've been lacking a lot. Yeah, because I mean, it's like his recovery is crazy. I mean, to, or I mean, maybe it's the norm for a, a, you know a fullback, but it's almost like we haven't seen that for a while. Where you know the the defender makes the recovery like it because it looked like when we had Nacho at left back, his attacking side was okay, but you know it, uh, not so not attacking. When he had to sit deep, he was fine, but he didn't have that legs really to take him you know beyond the last man say of the of the opponent's defense. And now we have somebody that can, you know, either play a through ball, like a perfect through ball through, or go himself. So, I mean, I like that, that side of his game. Um, in the four, uh, 16th minute, we then double the lead when a great move by Nelson to get inside the box, set up Martinelli, and I mean, a quick shift of the feet. I mean, gosh, his feet was quite quick. You know, manages to get the ball out and then just coolly curl the ball around the keeper, 2-0 Arsenal. You could see his determination to actually sh- get that shot away. He, you know, a lot of the other guys, like maybe, I don't want to go back too hard on him, but Niketia maybe would have tried too hard. He could have choked his shot or even the likes of Walbeck. But I mean, this this guy is a quality talent. And I mean, uh, I must give my take my hat off to you. You did mention him quite a bit in the preseason. And I didn't take too much note. I thought, uh, I just... Uh, uh, 18-year-old coming to the team, but I mean, he, he, this guy is adding crazy value, and I, I really hope he, he starts playing more and more because he really is a talent. You know, one thing I first noted, uh, I first picked up the other day, and I first thought it was like a fluke because in that Nottingham Forest game, um, you know, when he, when he just before he scored his fifth goal, when he won the ball, he manages almost like to, to like I first thought he stubs the ball, but it's not like he kills any movement of the ball. You know, to stop it. And then he, like, shifts the ball out from under his feet to get himself into a better position. So I thought, okay, like, that's the fluke. But when I saw him do it again now, leading up to that second goal, so it means, like, he does know what he's doing, like, with the whole setup for the goal, like, with the, you know, the body movement and the the footwork and that. So, I mean, quite a talent we've got on our hands. Shortly after that, uh, um, Willock almost added to make it 3-0. I mean, Tierney once again on that left-hand side. Uh, I always want to call him the Beckham of left backs. The way he just looks up, <laughs> finds Willock there, and he whoops it in. And Willock, you know, had he been a bit cooler, more composed, could have made it 3-0 Arsenal within 15 minutes, or, or sorry, 16 minutes of the game. But I mean, I think we are also laughing was, uh, you know, when, the, the, uh, when he ends up pinging the ball in like that. Sometimes you can see the defenders. I mean, now look how players, if they, as you said, Maybe a cool if they can't finish because you can see they breaking it to the defenders when the ball is coming over because they don't know whether they must jump for it, go towards the ball, or just sit back on the player they're marking. So, I mean, I lo- as you said before, the havoc they're causing, I love it. I mean, that, that left-hand side of Arsenal for up until, you know, we'll get to the third goal of ours, it, it was destroyingly just they, they did not know what to do with us anymore. And I mean, like, as, as you know, mentioned, with the, in the 22nd minute, uh, Nelson managed to fire off a shot 
into the box. It somehow deflects and finds itself onto the foot of Willock. And I mean, you can't also a simpler finish than that, and he buries it to make a 3 0 Arsenal. And, and if you look there, like I don't know if you saw the build up to that goal, Torreira looks up, and the first outlet for him is Kieran Tierney. He gives it for the Tierney, or, or like gives it to Nelson. Like it was coolly done, where he almost did a drag back Tierney, giving it to Nelson. And like you said, it luckily went into Willock's path. But 3 0 in what, 22, 23 minutes, and the game's done. We've been, yeah. we've been shouting out for this all the time. When you're at home, just push the team into submission and you batter them 3-0. It's not going to be always as easy, but we played a second-place side in the Belgian league. I know it's maybe not the star league out there, but was it Club Bruges did draw against Real Madrid the other day at the Bernabeu, so they're not, they're not the easy team that you can just walk over. I think this team that, that Emirates is putting together for the, like the Madrid team, they're not allowing you know teams that are ball players because I mean if you also take Nottingham Forest, everybody took that thing lightly. Where I told you, you know, everybody was going on about Colchester winning against Tottenham and whatever, or you know the way uh, Rochdale were pressing United. But I mean, if you look at, at at the Forest team, we actually did play a team that was strong, but we did not allow them to play what they were known for. Because I mean, look, they were also pushing. You know, they're in a, in a scrap at the moment now, also, you know, going with Leeds head to head in the in the championship. So, you know, it's not like they're going to be, you know, push over mugs type of thing. But I mean, at, uh, leading so far in that, that second, sorry, in the first half, Arsenal already playing a, a football at a breakneck speed because every time you could see that that heads were already dropping off standard It's almost like, you know, you know, can half time come already because, you know, the, 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 the sort of, the tempo we were playing, it was like the type of the, the brand of football that, you know, almost like of yesteryear, you want to put it like that. I was watching this game and I'm, and I'm like, is this actually Arsenal Football Club playing? Because, you know, we've been complaining that we were a bit sluggish. And before, like on our previous podcast, we mentioned that without Shaka playing, we were probably going to play a better game and, and, and look at the outcome of it. I mean, that midfield three were all over the place. I mean... It starts from there as well, because your midfielders to be the workhorses in the team. Yeah, but I mean, this is now where, where you know, we were mentioning about Emery like kind of shooting himself in the foot with making Xhaka captain, because now it's not like it's now there, you know, clear for him to see. This is the team that is going to bring you probably the most success if you if you play it right. Because yeah, yeah, go on. No, go on, no, go on, go on. No, because I mean, the sort of. Uh, you know that that fluidity. It, it don't look so stop-start like when you watch, uh, like say say the United away game the other day. Or okay, not really that, but I mean, let's rather put it in perspective. Like say home, like you want to go eight to eight with home uh, performances. You take a home performance of of Nottingham Forest. We had it, it was easy to to get through them, but that, that, that killing, uh, you know, that was like a killer edge. We just did not have to our game. And the minute Ozil comes off, as you know, creative as he is, but I mean, he was like kind of nullified throughout. And but as I said, he slows the game down too much, and the, that almost like the game was also crying out for tempo, tempo, tempo. And that is like the minute that subs got made by by Emery, that is when the game started flowing, and then the goals just came, went banging in to like end up uh, us running out five 0 winners. You know, you know that reminds you of. I don't know if you maybe go back maybe four, five years, six years in the finger. The Wenger era still, 
or even when we had the Van Persies in the team. Can you remember almost how boring it was to almost watch a Carabao Cup game or or even a, a, sometimes FA Cup or okay, I wouldn't say Europa League or the latter parts of the Champions League when we were already qualified in the group? Then like we would play a kind of a younger team. But these guys wouldn't really shine out. You had like a J. Manuel Thomas, all them all coming in. And they were just there to make up the number for the night. But now you're watching your Arsenal team in midweek. And they seem more exciting than the team you see on the weekend. The weekend team seems like the more stagnant team. Like I'm watching a Carabao Cup game instead. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean you can also see that, the, uh, you know, the... the um, look, sometimes the atmosphere at the Emirates can also tell you the... The, you know, the, like the heartbeat of the team. And I mean, look, that place was sort of, look, the stadiums were like awful. Like the whole top tier is normally empty because they tried to fall, you know, the whole bottom tier of the stadium. But I mean, that place was rocking from, you know, like from kickoff because they see these players, they know, okay, Reese Nelson got something to prove. Saka is always action, action, action. And then you got, you know, Martinelli is now, you know, on this sort of hot streak now. And, you know, like all these, like, Willock is, is like, showing, like, the, the sort of, uh, you know, that lung power, that Vieira-esque type of, you know, that lung-busting runs forward, tracking back, you know, helping out to tackle in it. So, it's like, that gets appreciated by the fans. For me, positions shouldn't be guaranteed anymore. I think yeah. that should be taken away because Shaka, I mean, I, look, he, I'm not saying all the time he plays terrible, but right now, it doesn't suit the style of play, I mean, um, Pep Guardiola at the time, when he could, just got rid of Joe Hart after they won the, like, the season, like he was quite good for them. But Guardiola didn't see him fitting in the team and got rid of him. And brought in like Edison type, so yeah. Yeah, because look, all, all down the line, he always said he wanted, uh, uh, you know, a goalkeeper that can play out from the back and that's comfortable. And I think when they did try that thing, they also was like, hey, the same problem we had, like, so with Czech, where things were just not going right with the distribution, you know, you know, went down the pot type of thing. But okay, that said, uh, second half, uh, Martinelli, you know, started getting numerous chances because you, you see that almost like the team was like kind of urging him to get that hat-trick goal. But, you know, almost like it kept on, there was always something happening. Like there was one opportunity we also burst through a goal and ended up just slipping. And I mean, it's not the fault of his really. But but you you can see what, I saw, see what you mean when he has that Ronaldo type of running because the the way he just gases past people is unbelievable and I mean he turned provider actually for for Sebayos, who I was actually extremely happy scored the goal but the composure of Martinelli as well to, to like get to the byline and get the cross for Sebayos in. And if you look at that cross, eh, like I, I was watching the replay and I tried to like rewind. I wonder if Sebayos left that ball. That ball looked like it could have been creeping in, actually. No, but I mean, my, like I think what I took from that, um, you know, the goal, like from the assist and, and everything that built up to it, just the way Martinelli draws that keeper out because you can see that goalkeeper almost like kind of sells himself the minute he starts, you know, lunging towards the ball. And then almost like Martinelli takes the ball a bit, you know, further to the, the dead ball line. And then almost like then he just does like the sort of heat and hope almost like, you know, somebody is going to come and attack that ball. And I think that is when uh, Sebayos just, you know, comes between the two centre backs and just stabs the ball on. 
I was really happy he got the goal. I mean, he's been celebrating everybody's goal like his own. So, for the fact that he got in the score sheet, I was really happy. And the Emirates crowd made him feel really at home with that, with like, you know, when he scored. And I think he could, hopefully his head can turn and we can get him to stay at the club. I mean, I think there was some article today where they also said he's, he's you know, he's very comfortable at, at at Arsenal and, you know, he's not really taking note of all the drama that was happening in the background at Madrid. So, I mean, as long as that, you know, we have a happy player there. And, I mean, look, he knows also the crowd appreciates him as well. You know, the sort of applause, even though sometimes you can see he's disappointed when he has to come off certain games, but... You can see that crowd is almost like, you know, really, you give me almost like a standing ovation to, to, to show you their appreciation for the guy. And then uh, a couple of subs were then made, you know, when the, with, uh, with the score at 4-0. Pepe then coming on for Maitland-Niles. And I think Maitland-Niles did not also, uh, you know, I think this was also a game for him to prove himself. He's always complaining about, you know, being played out of position. So, yeah, he had the opportunity to play as a right wing. Uh, player, but I mean nothing really. I mean, but for that, that we, you know, he led and uh, set up that goal for Sebayos through uh, to to Martinelli. Yeah, other than that, he didn't see that really that much from it because every time he was either when he was doing that, supposed to be that that loping forward, and that he ends up knocking the ball too far forward and then making errors, or you know, almost like overheating passes say to Ballard and that's doing the overlap runs type of thing. So I don't know. I think. Maybe he just also needs, you know, almost like to clear his head. Just take him out of the, the old squad, you know, for a time being. You know, I'm worried about him, actually, because I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you, you see this up-and-coming youngsters coming in that's knocking on the door, like Saka, then you have Martinelli, Lacazette must come back, Bellerin's coming back, and, like, you know, where, where are you going to... Like, the way Chambers is also playing at right-back. Currently, like, where do you kind of fit um, the likes of Maitland-Niles in the team at the moment. I hope it doesn't come into a, a case of, you know, how it happened with Iwobi where he started in the house of fire then eventually you struggle to put him into the team. Yeah, because, I mean, at the moment, uh, Chambers has gotten out to a stage where he's almost like made it. He's that that backup right back his own now. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, he can even, like, like the like the with likes of Chambers, I can see him even giving the centre-backs a, a run for their money. And I, mean, I think what also another positive that also came out with the game, you know, seeing Holding also quite confident on the ball. You, you know, every time, as I told you, like, look, I've also had that type of, not, not as, as bad as, like, you know, a cruciate type of thing, but, you know, for me, it seems like I always, especially when you look at, at, at games where it's, you know, pitches are slick and, it, and and you see somebody coming back from a, you know, cruciate injury and that, then, like, also with Bellerin, when he was at that one point there, I think in that in that uh, first half, so where he ended up skipping over a tackle there, close to the corner flag, and you know my mind was almost like just you know just land right because you know I mean if you remember last year with or last season with with uh, holding at at Old Trafford, I just took one little slip, you know, with a leg out with the, the uh, knee buckle, and I mean that was his knee done. So I mean that is what kind of. Uh, you know, really, not grinds me, but but it, it goes through me. I just I do uh, I get very very concerned when I see that. We 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 rang the changes then, and I, when I saw Pepe coming on, I was actually hoping the guy could find the back of the net. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do know about this. Just don't 
you know, hold against us. But I mean, sorry, but he's becoming almost like a running joke at the moment. Like when he, like you, you can see that 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 the talent is there when he does it. But I don't like he wants to impress the crowd on like too much. Then he, you know, when he could have released the ball, he will hang or do you know a dribble too much or whatever. And I think that side of his game he needs to, because uh, I think that's the thing that you and I used to have that, that problem with with Willock like last season. Yeah, you see, like he, you could see the talent is there, the potential is there to be something big in the team. But you would like do like say an extra two or three uh, step runs still instead of you know laying the ball off into. So I think he also did it at the start of the season. Warlock, where he could have played, I think Aubameyang in, and he decided to just go on and on and on, and then he ended up just getting swarmed by a couple of defenders and ended up losing the ball. So I think, yeah, like I think the problem is going to come in for Pepe then. Is when Lacazette comes back. I mean, are you going to continuously play Pepe with underperforming? And I mean, look, we in October now, and I know it maybe takes a while for a player to settle in, but I think gone are the days of that almost. It's like players need to start hitting the ground running almost. Like you look at Salah, he came back when he came back to the Premier League. It didn't take him much longer to settle in at Liverpool to get firing again. I think it's also that price tag that's also you know hanging over his head now. Because when you see the, the the number that you're talking about in pounds of, of what he's worth, you're expecting somebody that, to make that sort of impact on you, not just it, like say, a Salah-type impact or uh, who else now at the moment, the hot shots at the moment, the wingers. Or even like if you watch people like at, at Leicester even, that, uh, what's it, Madison? Madison, yeah, he's a, he's a talent, he's a real talent. Look at the way Madison takes the game to the opponents or... There was another player, I can't get to the name now, but also, you know, sort of winger or that, that in the midfield, that Tielemans. Also, when he plays, it's like, look, it came with a big fee, even though he was loaned out to Leicester. The minute then I had the opportunity to buy him for, I forgot what it was, 40, 45 million, something like that. But I mean, he's already showing, look, I'm worth it. You know, you got what you, you know, paid for. And I think that is what's also building this whole, almost like a kind of, I just hope it's not like a pressure cooker situation where, you know, it's going to get to a point where people you know, just kind of turn on him. I don't want that. Honestly, I don't want that. But I mean, I just want to, he has to also show he's like strong, almost like a stronger mindset. Because he looks like somebody who's, who's, whose confidence is almost like at null at the moment. You, you, you want to know something? Um, we, I know you were speaking about Salah, like comparing him to Salah. Liverpool paid 36.9 million pounds for Salah. Yeah, but I mean, look at now what how many stints did he have in the UK? So I mean, look, he was still at Chelsea, and, you know, didn't really set the place on fire when he was there. It's just after that stint that he had away from the club, I think he was in Roma also in between, right? Yeah, Fiorentina, then Roma, and then Liverpool. Yeah. So I mean, it took a while. So I just hope he can come good because else I don't know. Leo will be laughing all the way to the bank if this thing don't you know come off. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it started to look like you know he started like a house on fire. But it's like, it's almost like it's slowly starting to go like backwards again now. Like almost like, you know, from uh, he's showing his talent to like slowly, like almost like being less confident in himself. Yeah, but you must also remember, and I I don't think he's also used to it because I'm not, I'm sure in France, coaches don't really do that. But I mean, look at England, they do like studies on player per player. So they will not know exactly or they'll have a certain coach. Just focus on your game, and they'll tell whoever's marking you. Look, this is his trick, his go-to trick, and and all of a sudden, look, in the, in certain games he was gonna get away with it. But 
everybody knows you're always going to have to cut inside, and that is where the number one problem is. You're either going to have to be that good that you can cut inside and still get away with it, like Arian Robin was, or he's going to have to adjust his game somehow, or Emily's going to have to maybe play him on the left so he can just, like, you know, bomb straight down that wing and eating crosses. And then I'm in luck with, with Arsenal now, you know, winding the game down. When Dozen came on for Willock, and then Pia uh, Emerick Aubameyang came on for Nelson to stay out of the fresh legs. Although, I still don't think it was really necessary to bring Aubameyang on. Because, I mean, with a score sitting like that, I don't think you needed a, you know, almost like our first choice forward in a game like that. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you know, like what you mentioned now, if if Aubameyang had to pick up an injury in that game, I think Emery could have been in some hot water, you know, with the fans and the media, like, why bring Aubameyang on at 4-0 up? Yeah. So, you know, I should get our attention now to the Bournemouth game at the Emirates last uh, Sunday. Uh, you know, back to the Premier League uh, squad, you know, with the established faces now coming back in the squad. Again, no Ozil in the in the complete squad, not even on the bench. Um, you know, Bournemouth, you know, looked very cautious going to the game. And I think that is why we were almost like, you know, almost like we were really forcing our foot on them in that first half because you actually saw nothing really coming from uh, Bournemouth, even when they were hoofing the ball forward. That Callum Wilson and them were not even really making, you know, effort to close down anybody. They were just, you know, allowing us to attack, attack, attack. So, what was your was, take first period? Uh, it was a very weird first period. I mean, our, our game against games against Bournemouth in the first half is, you know, very kind of end-to-end and a lot of times, you know, Callum Wilson always got in the end of things. But it was Eddie Howe's team don't normally play like that. They're a very attractive football type side, but I don't know if they were scared after what happened, maybe watching Arsenal in midweek. And it seemed like Arsenal had a more of a, how can I say, uh, more confident or more of a bit of a swagger in them in the beginning. And I thought that this would actually, you know, we took thinking of where we left off on um, Thursday night and what we've been yearning for is Arsenal to start strong and actually, you know, put the, 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 almost the hand on the throat of the team to show like we had to play and we're actually gonna, not going to give you a chance to settle in. But it was a game of two halves, a perfect example of it. Uh, we take the lead in the ninth minute when David Luiz glanced home a uh, Pepe corner. I mean, fantastic goal also because I mean, it took also skill to just get the ball away from the keeper and into the side of the net in order to go one up. So, you know, deserved goal. And I really thought we were going to now pick up and build on that lead. But, I mean, as we see, we're going to discuss, wasn't ready to be. Yeah, and, and big ups to Pepe, actually, because he actually provided an assist. I know we, we, we've been on his case with, uh, with his gameplay, but he actually put in the corner. And I actually want, I don't know what the, this would be, but what's Arsenal's ratio to... Um, Corners to goal ratio because it's it's really bad that the way we deliver corners like it never beats the first man and this was the first creator we've scored from a corner in I don't know how long I don't know maybe you can if you can think on the top of your head when last we scored a, a header from a corner I think what left me most in shock was um, that game against was it United where you know we're pushing for like a winner and Reese Nelson supposed to hit a corner into the box and he hits like a ball that looks like a knuckle ball. <laughs> All ended up bouncing like twice and only reached not no it didn't even reach the near post. It landed ahead of the defender that was standing close to the pole. And I thought you are professional and you're taking a corner like that because I mean 
Or then like sometimes you see these corners, then they just smack bang against the person the the first post, and that's it. Nothing. But it's happening all the time. I don't know if it's tactically trying, and maybe it came off when Luis got to the end of it. But it's just not working all the time, and it was ironic that we got a set piece goal actually. Yeah, and I mean, uh, what I want to also add with, uh, with regards to Pepe in that first half, also, you know, he played a bigger influence in the game because you could see, uh, look, whether they um, born with confidence, also or kind of not confidence really, but being just weary, they were actually backing off and letting him play. You know, his game, and I mean, we can't yeah. offer like, we can't often say that the teams are going to let him play. But I mean, he then, you know, ended up running at people, getting in key positions. But then, I mean, then the final ball was again quite bad. I, yeah, mean, yeah, I can remember a chance he had almost where he tried to curl the ball. Like, you know, put it on his left foot. He had the time to do it and he curled it. But once again, I don't know if he's leaning back a bit too much, but the yeah. ball almost like went over the poles. You know, you now mentioned that. I was just watching, um, you know, some goal compilation the other day on YouTube. And I was watching Van Persie. And um, I think it's that goal against, I don't know if you recall, against Everton, where he ends up hitting the ball and hits the base of the post and goes in. And then volley of song, and song crossed. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the one. But just that whole position, he actually looked like a, you know, like a, a turtle, the way the <laughs> back arc looked like to get. No, no, but I mean, we are chuckling, but you know what you not just said with that, him leaning back? We had one Percy actually leaning himself forward, you know, almost like yes. over the ball and then control. Way more control over that volley when you put it positive. And that, and that that's what you taught as a you know as a youngster through all your coaches. I'm sure you know when you were coaching as well. You need to get over the ball. Yes, you can't always lean back. If you maybe a bit further out, you try to get a bit more arc, like I mean, lift in the ball. But for most part, you try to get over the ball when you when you're eating your shots. But I don't know. Pepe seems to always sky his shots. Even against United, he had a golden chance at in the first half, which he put over the bar. There is 23rd minute, VAR in deny Arsenal penalty, but, you know, if anything was, like they said it was kind of soft the way Pepe went down. That was it. Look, he was tripped. But, I mean, like, my take was just, if you look at the sort of penalty that Mane won against Everton, uh, not Everton, who did they play the other day, Liverpool? Leicester, but, Leicester, it was Leicester, 95th minute penalty, yes. That guy's foot just barely touches his heel and he goes over like a sack of potatoes. And, I mean, look, yeah, with, with, with Pepe... Even though it was, uh, you know, coming together with the legs and whatever. But, I mean, it, it's body contact. And then I think also, sometime, I, I'm just hopping now, but I mean, this will go through the, the rest of the whole game. But, I mean, he was also brought down, wasn't it, by the keeper also? Was it that game? Yes, the, the... yes. So, uh... so like, the, the problem with VAR, it's, it's, it comes still down to human error at the end of the day because there's no concrete, like, real decision. I mean, that penalty probably you watch Arsenal to do the same thing versus another team and the penalty will be given what happened to Pepe. So, VAR, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it can work in your favour, but it also, like, the decisions are too inconsistent. It's almost like another referee making a bad decision. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, also the first of what caught my eye was, you know, Saka being almost, like, mesmerising on the ball at times. Even where he was defending, where he was, you know, scrapping to get the ball back. I mean, it also, like, wins over that fans. And, I mean, every time he was now, you know, he would lose the ball. He'd be, you know, back in the fight, trying to win the ball, get, you know, bumped over. But he's still, you know, scrapping even on the ground. He's trying to win that ball back. 
I, I think that's what 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 Mesut Ozil can actually learn from the youngster like Saka, you know, like, and 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 I mentioned this before. Saka seems like the seventy-two million pound player that we bought because he's, he's everywhere on the pitch. He's always trying to make something happen. Like I've almost got to a stage and every on the field, I'm like, give the ball to Saka, give the ball to Saka. I mean, that was a point also that we were now discussing now with with regards to Pepe. If he does not, you know, say up his performances because we get getting out to a stage where, you know, Saka could be, you know, that, that slot could be he. So once Aubameyang gets spread out on the wing and Lacazette like, it down the middle, and I mean, where's he? Then he's going to have to warm the bench a bit if he's not, you know, putting his finger out. And then you have a 72 million play, pound player sitting on the bench. How does his confidence feel that he's the highest, you know, as the highest? Um, pay, I'm not paid. I you spent like to board player from Arsenal, and he's sitting on the bench, and and, and it's a snowballing effect because suddenly you're playing Carabao Cup games in Europa League games, you're not finding the net, and then you slowly, you know, start fizzling out, and it's a it's a knock-on effect. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Pepe needs to start showing why we we spent the money we did and why it's in the first eleven. But I mean, one thing I also want to give as a positive, though, like as a team now, you know, as as much as his form is now, you know, I'm like dipped. That team is almost like trying to also help him to get goals. You know, sometimes they don't need to, but they'll like lay the ball off for him to, for for him to ever run at goal or whatever. Because you know, I'm like they carving out the chance for him just to get that sort of confidence back. Because I remember, like for me, it's almost like it throws me back a bit to to um, Francis Jeffers back in the day. And I mean, of course, he came now with, with also, you know, uh, at that time, a, a big price tag. And I mean, like, nothing was going his way. And I remember we played a, the game against Bolton. And Robert Perez ended up going past Jasko Leinen. And I mean, Perez could have scored. And what does he do? He sees Jeffers standing on the uh, roughly about the penalty spot or in between the penalty spot and the six-yard box. And he rolls the ball off to him. was like, there you go, score. Which he did. And I mean, you could see that, I mean, like, that, that, that that was like that weight off his shoulders at that point. So I thought, I mean, that maybe he needs some sort of, like that sort of moment. I mean, besides now the penalty thing, but I'm talking of with well, I think that goal that you mentioned of of Aubameyang, where you said, <laughs> you know, you've actually given it to to Pepe and something like that against Frankfurt. Yeah, I think he needs a goal in open play just to kind of lift his confidence or like you know a one on one that he toe pokes at it. Miraculous, not miraculous, but like it goes under the keeper in a one and one, or he gets to a ball first. He needs something like that. And I mean, you know, going into now halftime, I don't know what Emre told the guys, and I don't know what Eddie Howe told his team, but it came out like a, like, you know, they say soccer is a game of two halves, and that's what happened in the second half. Like, I, I, I was in shock of how Bournemouth came out, and I don't know. If Arsenal had that same Watford team talk that Emre had, but I don't know if you told them they felt they scared, but I don't know what happened. Like it was like Bournemouth came out the stronger side. I remember I had that real heart stopping moment when you know what was it, fifty seventh or fifty first minute where Callum Wilson went around Leno. Yes. And you could see like I think he he was in two minds. He didn't know whether to shoot or to lay the ball off. And he opted to lay the ball off to I think uh, Josh uh, the, the King guy, I think. Yeah, Josh King, yeah. Yeah, but he ended up was like undating the ball and that allowed him was like Callum Chambers to, you know, managing to get through or between it and, you know, just blast it up upfield. Big, big, big ups to Callum Chambers is another one where Josh King crossed the ball very well into the box and probably on another day 
against another Arsenal side that ball could have found its way in, but Callum Chambers kind of intervened with a slide as well. So I felt Callum Chambers really had a fantastic game. I want to add something at the, uh, I didn't jot down and whatever, but that was, uh, there was a thing also of Quintosi when the ball came from the right. And if he, I think if he had left it, that guy's going to, would have had a free header that he was, uh, that was coasting behind him. And he, you know, with, with his head towards our own goal, he just managed to hit the ball away for a corner. So, I mean, it was a vital, vital moment. In that yeah, I, I can remember that actually very, very clearly. And I think Quinto is showing more and more leadership skills. I mean, I know they might say he's a bit young for captain, but he's definitely putting his hand up to be one of Emery's five captains in the seasons to come. Yeah. Because when I look at him, I see you know, captain material away. Also, like, you know, when the heads are kind of down or stuff like that, you'll see him carry that ball out from, you know, deep midfield and you'll just, you know, saunter forward, you know, do side steps and try to, you know, just get the momentum to push forward. Because I think that is what we also missed in that period when we had, say, people like uh, El Nini also in midfield, when you make that sort of change and you think, okay, this guy can get us forward. And then all he does is that, you know, that five-yard pass is backwards or sideways. Instead of, you know, doing the ultimate, you know, just the drive going forward. Uh, there was a thing I wanted to bring up as well. Um, Emre, like, I know if, if he, he, he got it right this time, but, you know, sometimes he may not get it right, but... We, we should actually try to see teams off earlier, you know, with a second goal or a third goal. I know sometimes circumstances doesn't allow that, but sometimes he puts us under a necessary pressure when he when he substitutes, like, almost defensive players on the game when, when we're under pressure, when actually maybe we need a burst of energy, you know, up front instead. Like, you know, when he brought on Torreira, for example. Yeah, I found that that could have backfired yeah. as well. I first thought, or I kind of applauded when I thought, okay, uh, with, with um, Martin Halligan coming on for Pepe, because you already have somebody that's now in form from coming from that midweek game, and he's going to take that, you do know he's going to take that sort of form in, you know, in the, the, the match now. But then when you see, besides, okay, look, with Wallach, that was not understandable, because you needed that extra legs, and I think Sebayos, he did a hell of a lot of work, but I mean, he was also tiring. But I mean, for me, then bringing on Torreira, it's almost like, uh, I wouldn't say anticlimactic, but I mean, you would have rather take off, say, somebody like uh, Xhaka, where you know, you know, this guy can still carry the, uh, you know, the, the team forward, because he ends up taking off Saka, which is already taking, you know, almost like an attacking threat that we have already. Because, I mean, you say you bring Torreira on for, for Xhaka, you do know for a fact that team is going to go forward faster. I think that's, that's where you miss a guy like Mesut Ozil, actually. And he, he Ozil sometimes links the, the midfield and defence in that attacking midfield very nicely. And there's a point I want to bring up and speak to you, like, you know, once we wrap up the Bournemouth game about Ozil, but we're missing that at times. So, I mean, we ended up... There was also a moment in the 87th minute where Chambers ends up being challenged. I mean, it was quite a hefty tackle. But he ends up falling, he wins the ball... The player falls over him and then he gets up and he, you know, just cool and calmly plays the ball out of defense. And I thought, I mean, I think the whole crowd also in the Emirates just started standing up and applauding him for just that moment also. And Emirates and Chambers could have also been provider as well in like the last few minutes in stoppage time, I think it was, when he gave the ball, assisted, tried to almost assist Aubameyang, but Aubameyang just couldn't find the back of the net. Chambers really looks red hot at the moment as well. Yeah. So that's the end of the 
two matches that we now uh, reviewed. So now we switch our attention now to the talking points of the weekend. So what did you want to now mention with regards to Ozil? So what I wanted to mention was, like, do you see him fitting in the team? And don't you think there's a better way that Emery could possibly use him since he can unlock defences? I don't know, because I mean, I just think that, you know, it's almost like that bridge kind of has been burnt already between the two. I mean, if, look, if you hear the coach already say, I'm only choosing my best when, when they ask why Ozil was omitted, I mean, in a way, it's almost like a side ended slap to the face, if you think of it. Because, I mean, look, I, 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 in a way, I understand what you're getting at, but. I just think there's certain players in the team, like as a whole now, where it just don't really gel, don't click. Because, look, you and I have been talking about this now for weeks now. And it's like, the minute Jaka plays, you have that, that sort of overcautiousness and, and, and slowness to our game. The minute that guy comes off, all of a sudden it's all action Arsenal. Same with Ozil. And I think... What I think what you're seeing also with that sort of young midfield or youngish midfield, that is almost like kind of the Emery way of what he wants to play. And I just don't think, uh, it's like your favourite quote, that uh, square pegs and round holes. I think that is where it's happening now with Ozil and Xhaka. Because it's like, you just don't see that fluidity, that sort of fluidity. I mean, we can still be proven wrong. But I mean, at the moment, I just don't see that happening where... This, we're going to have a, you know, like a free-flowing big type of win that we're almost like all yearning for. Uh, okay, good, 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 good answer. Um, my my second question, or yeah, I'll, my other one, my last one I'll have is when we wrap up. But what would you classify a successful season for Pepe at Arsenal? Well, I would like between seven and ten goals at least. I mean, seven as a minimum and, and then, you know, 10 upwards, because like, we're becoming a team where we're becoming so reliant now on Aubameyang. I mean, of course, when Lacazette comes in, he's going to also chip in. And, but we do need, I mean, if you just think, Aiden, of that times that we were like, you know, that, that successful era with the league form, you had people like Freddie getting 10 plus goals, you had Perez getting 10 plus, Henri was already 25, 30 mark. And, and well, Camp as well, which slot in with a few. Thing and stuff like that, and Vieira was chipping in almost like five to seven or even ten goals. So you need that goals to also start adding up because we are that is also another thing where we're not that much of a goal threat in that sense. And I think it's also down to the tempo of the way we're playing or the lack thereof where we're not getting the goals. Whereas you see almost like a, a Jekyll and Hyde performance where you'll see in the midweek games in a total, total different attacking Arsenal with a more stable defense also. Yeah, that's definitely right. We we always had that constant goal scorer, and then those guys around him will get goals in vital games as well. So, yeah, we 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 missing that, and hopefully Pepe can add that. I just want to also add. Also, uh, there's now also side uh, thing, side note. Some like Martin is very under, like, you know, almost like underappreciated because. When you watch that midweek games, he looks way, way more comfortable playing the ball out from the back. And you're quick to tell them also, look, I'm not going to play it short. I'm just going to go long. But, I mean, Leno has not done that this past game. That was I was, I was quite happy about. Because every time they were, like Socrates, and I don't know why he keeps on asking with a short ball. He was so uncomfortable with the ball. But, I mean, uh, Leno was every time just telling him, no, just go forward. Or, or you'd see 
Uh, I don't know if you remember, like, David Luiz was a few times just told soccer, like, like, you know, don't tell him, let him kick the ball long or whatever. That's what I like about soccer, um, Luiz at the moment. I know he's, you know, has his moments, but he, he does show leadership and he does try to take control and try to, you know, he tell people to everybody to keep their heads. And the thing with Martin is, he's, like, he's kept, hasn't he just kept clean sheets all the time he's played thus far yeah. with Mustafi? And also, this is something I just want to hop on with that, that, that game now with, with Bournemouth. Uh, look at that, that one chance where, where David Luiz also ended up tackling that one guy close to the end of the game. And what did he do? He just stood up, got and belted that ball and ball as far, far <laughs> down the field as he could. Yeah, we, we don't have that, that, that where we um, dilly-dally with the ball at the back <laughs> in the home. Because that's been our Achilles heel as well for... For the for years, and I think we can start ironing out bit by bit. And look, I know I've been a bit tough on Emre. Um, you see where at the moment, like the other team, how bad the other teams are doing. So we're not really in bad shape. And if you look at Liverpool, they also struggled a bit before. I'm not gonna say he's gonna have the club effect, but Liverpool didn't set the the Premier League alight up until the last few seasons. So, I mean, before I now round off the podcast, I just want to also give a big, big up for Matthew Guendouzi, Arsenal player for player of the month for September. Ah, oh, well done, Van. Very well deserved. Couldn't have been a better player to get in the team at the moment. So, guys, uh, I mean, as I end off the podcast, I just want to say that there'll be no podcast this weekend since this whole international break, but we will do a podcast again on the 19th of October. Hope you guys have a fantastic few weeks. Enjoy all the international football games. Bye. Bye, guys. Have a good week and weekend.